At Gates, we are passionate about the Word of God. We hope the message you are about to listen to empowers you today. And so tonight, and I'm going to share some along this line, and we're going to do a few things regarding this subject throughout the year. But I'm going to talk tonight about serving. Oh, man. <clears throat> Actually, the title of my message is True Serving. Oh, man. And I want to read a, I want to read a passage. And this is Jesus, the head of the church, talking throughout this passage. I want to read this passage out of Matthew chapter 20. And I'm going to read out of the, the Passion, but starting with verse 20. And it says, The wife of Zebedee approached Jesus with her son, James and John's mom. Jacob, or James and John, she knelt before him and asked him for a favor. And he said to her, What is it that you want? She answered, Make the decree that these, my sons, will rule with you in your kingdom. All the other ten were standing there watching and listening to this. One sitting on your right hand and one on your left. Jesus replied, you don't know what you're asking. Then looking in the eyes of, of James and John, Jesus said, Are you prepared to drink the cup of suffering that I, may, that I am about to drink? And are you able to endure the baptism into death that I'm about to endure, they answered him, well, we better say yes, right? <clears throat> yes, we are able. And Jesus said, you will indeed drink the cup of suffering and be immersed into my death. Jesus told them, but to be the ones who sit at the place of highest honor is not mine to decide. My Father is the one who chooses them and prepares them. Everybody say, prepares them. Prepares them. Say it again, prepares them. My Father's the one that prepares them. A relationship with the Father prepares you for everything else you've been called to do. I said a relationship with the Father prepares you. Amen? The other ten disciples were listening to all of this. And uh, a jealous anger arose among them against the two brothers. Jesus, knowing their thoughts, called them to his side and he said, Kings and those with great authority in this world, they rule oppressively over their subjects like tyrants. But this is not your calling. You will lead by a completely different model. I'm going to stop right there and say this. How people have viewed serving in days past, almost like with a negative slave mentality, very negative slave mentality. That's what serving, when, when, when you hear, well, we're talking today about serving. Usually I wouldn't title something like that because the word shuts people off. But, no, maybe not most of you, but I'm just saying, it, sometimes it'll shut people off hearing the word serving and, and what it's really about. But, um, but I, we're just, you know, cutting to the chase and getting right to it. But he said, he said, but you will lead by a completely different model, not with oppression, but leaders that will lead teaching people by example how to serve humanity. Humanity will be one 
to the kingdom of God by people that give themselves to people. That, that's where you win. He said, the greatest one among you will live as the one who is called to serve others. Because the greatest honor and authority is reserved for the one with the heart of a servant. For even the Son of Man did not come expecting to be served by everyone. I mean, if anybody deserved to be served, it would be the one that died for our sins. Can you say amen to that? But he came to serve everyone. I said, it says, he came to serve everyone and to give his life in exchange for the salvation of many. To give his life in exchange for your and my deliverance. That's what he's called you and I to do, is to give our lives in that way. Um, There's something about serving that connects you to a purpose in life that is what God put you here for. Serving connects you to something in a way that you would never realize that it does. You know, serving people or situations that are uncomfortable at times. You, you may be called upon to do something for a family member. There's, there's seasons in life where things change. And, and in the changes of seasons, God wants us to shift gears with the same anointing, but adjust to whatever comes. Adjust to it with the anointing to be able to overcome anything that looks like an obstacle. With God's anointing, we can do that. Without it, we can't. Without it, we get offended or we get frustrated or we get upset or, or our style gets cramped or something happens and we don't like that we have to help somebody or do something for somebody. He said, the greatest leaders are the greatest developed servants, people that practice it. They put it to work. They lay their, their life down for other people for the good of the kingdom of God, not just for the good of just anything, but the advancement of the kingdom. True servanthood, serving in God's kingdom, there's no greater place to learn how to serve than the house of God. I think I heard one. I think I, I, there's one amen. There it was. I thought I heard another one, but I don't know. But the greatest place, the greatest place to learn how to serve is in the safety of the house of God. Because in the house of God, notice in in the passage there, I, I think maybe possibly some of the church world has been like what Jesus said in, in the beginning about in the world they 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 lead or they can you know they, they they have people that serve for them in an oppressive way. And maybe some of the church has done that. I don't know. Well, no, I, I do know that in different places. But, you know, when somebody is serving, they're serving God. When somebody is serving and doing something in the body here at Gates, when you're doing something, you're doing it as unto God, and that has to be developed. There's no safer place to learn how to do that than in the body. So 
you learn how to do that in the body, then you carry that over into every other connection that you have. Maybe in the working world, job, family, whatever it is, you learn how to deal with people by dealing with people in the church. And some of the most difficult places is in the church. And it should be that way. You know why? You know why? Because a person that comes into the church, when I came into the church 45 years ago, when I came into the body of Christ, when I got born again and started attending a church congregation, man, I had a boatload of baggage, right? My spirit man was hungry for the word, and my head was full of all kinds of devils. So, a healthy church has got devils stirred up. Because the word is building you spiritually, you're learning how to serve. And when you serve, you serve with other people that have devils also. You know, I mean, we might as well just cut to the chase and just say it. I'm talking about stinking thinking and wrong attitudes and ideas. You don't get delivered of those things the moment you got born again. And you'll never get, you can be born again for 35 years and still hold on to those things because no one taught you how to get free. That's what the church brings teaching you and developing in you how to be free of wrong thinking because it's the thinking that gets us in trouble. Amen? So our thinking tries to tell us sometimes that, well, you know, uh, I I don't want to do something like that. I don't want to have to do something for other people. I don't want to have to serve. I just want to sit and receive. That's fine. Sit and receive. But the greatest reward in life comes from learning how to sow in the form of serving. And we just read it in the passage in Matthew 20. It'd be good for you to go and study that passage and what Jesus was really saying. But I believe, I know in my own life, through the years as, I've, as, as I developed a servant's heart, and I, I learned how to serve before I was a pastor, before I was in ministry at all, I learned how to serve in church life. And what I realized today, and I was taught a little bit of this along the way, but what I realized today is that it connected me to my purpose in life. Some of the greatest revelations I ever received in God, from God was cleaning a toilet at church or whatever it would be. Serving other people and serving and, 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 and taking precious time of my own and giving it to the church of Jesus Christ, giving it to the ministry of God. It connected me to my purpose. I wouldn't have the purpose inside of me today without that servant ministry and that servant heart. In Ephesians 2.10, it says this. Paul says this. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for what? Good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in those good works. Would those good works include, would, would, would it be, you know, in, in the, would it be part of a package deal that would include your good works of serving in the kingdom? Yeah. If he, if he said the, the greatest leaders are the greatest servants, then that's got to include that. And he prepared you to serve. He prepared you to serve. Luke 16 and 12 says this. If you have not been faithful in what was another man's, who will give you what is your own? 
So you, you, what you can apply right there, what Jesus was saying, you can say, if you're not faithful to that which was Jesus, or you could say, uh, being the under-shepherd of this body, if you're not faithful to something that is of this man's, like the, the calling, the anointing that I have for the office of pastor, if you're not faithful to another person's vision, how will God give you your own? And it's the unselfishness of the serving that is the key. It's the development of the heart where you come to a place where you're going to do in the body of Jesus Christ, you're going to do things where many times things are needed, but also things that you have desires to do, you're going to serve in those ways and give of your time, your effort, right, to advance the kingdom of God, to prepare you and connect you to your purpose in life. You, you, each individual person, has to decide whether we really believe that or not. Only you can believe that for yourself. You can hear me say this, but then you have to apply that to your life. Because in, in my estimation, where there's no serving, there's no fulfillment of what God had prepared because he had this part of your life to be in operation to connect you to the overall plan. In other words, I have to be connected to something that's bigger than me. So I'm not an authority and a, and, and a, you know, a God unto myself. I need the God of, of, of heaven who is doing what? What's, what's his purpose on the earth? The God in heaven is, in the earth is building his church that the gates of hell cannot prevail against. That's what it takes. In all of our lives. Um, in, I just wrote down some things that people do in this, in, in this church. And, and some of the, you know, some of why we do what we do to fulfill the vision. As many of you in here have hosted. You host today or you hosted in the past. Many of you have been involved either are or have been or used to be involved in kids' ministry, um, in worship, in youth ministry, in production, in outreach, prayer ministry that we have, pastoral care ministry that we have in the church, community ministry uh, in, in our community, missions ministry that we have. And over the last three years, there's been some things that have happened in our nation trying to affect the church. And some of that's gotten a hold of people's thinking and got people to pull back in their desire to want to step forward and be a part of what God is building in the earth. And we've got to change that. You can't change that by making people serve. You have to change it by making it something that is inviting, that people want to do, because they see it in the Word. Without revelation of what I'm talking about right here, you do things and, and you really don't even want to do it. Well, I'm, I'm kind of too good for that. Well, not, you know, anybody that thinks more highly of themselves than they should is, is not a good thing because the Bible says that's true. But what we have to learn to do is to understand how that God, how God sees our serving and how our serving elevates us to new levels and new places. When you see that, then you can serve for the rest of your life, and that's what God wants. He wants you serving for the rest of your life. 
You know, I, I, I've, I've been saved for 45 years and I've been serving for at least 44 of those in one capacity or another because of the value that I see in serving. And, 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 and what that's done in life is it's carried over into every other relationship that I have. I didn't, I didn't see myself as serving my wife when, when I first got married. Where did I learn how to do that? In the church. I didn't see myself serving my parents, you know. I mean, all I knew is my parents were supposed to take care of me, and then they kind of didn't, and then I didn't know kind of what else to do, and I was on my own, and I had to make it work and all these kind of things. And, and now, in, in, the, in, the, in, in the last few years of my life, I, I had two mothers. I had a mother and a stepmother and my natural father, and I helped to take care of both of my mothers, and I helped to take care of, uh, even now I'm helping to take care of my father on a regular basis. I'm learning how to serve them in life. Where did I learn that? In the church. I wouldn't have, I, would, I wouldn't, I didn't have it. Well, I learned that from my wife in a lot of different ways because she knows, she's understood that. That was just natural to her, and she helped me with that. But I learned it in the church and in, and in my serving in an unselfish way, not thinking of myself, but thinking of God and the advancement of the church, that the things that I did helped to advance it. When I saw that, then I can see how, how like my natural father today, he needs me in his life. He's struggling with memory loss and there's things at the moment that he's not remembering about life and things that are going on. He needs me. To be that kind of person. He needs me to sow into him and help him and make sure and, and, and have oversight over people that are helping him and taking care of him and serving him. They're being paid for it, but they're still serving him and taking care of him. They, he needs me to oversee that. I could say I don't have time to do that. The Bible says you don't, you don't not have time to do that. The Bible says you don't take care of your parents no better than an infidel. Just telling you what the Bible says. And all these areas of serving help you to understand how to do that. Like I said, I, there were a lot of years I didn't really care whether I ever saw my parents or that I ever saw them again. But I learned some things in, in church life and from the word of God that was preached through the years that helped to empower me to become a good son that knows how to serve, to be a good husband that knows how to serve, a good father that knows how to serve, good pastor that knows how to serve the congregation. Over the years, I've, I've developed that. I'm still learning it. I'm still developing it, but it'll never stop because I got the revelation of serving. I got that revelation. There's a passage in um, 1 Corinthians 12, starting with the 27th verse, and this is an interesting passage, but it's truth, and just watch this as I read it. Now, you are the body of Christ and members individually, like we're looking right here. We're members individually of this body. And God has appointed these in the church, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, administrations, varieties of tongues. Then the questions are asked about all of these gifts or these administrations are all apostles question mark what's the answer to that are all prophets question mark 
What's, that, what's the answer to that? No. Are all teachers? I'll just answer it. No. Are all workers of miracles? Not everybody. Do all have gifts of healing? No. Do all speak with tongues? No. Not in the tongue and interpretation of tongue, which is part of the nine gifts of the Spirit? No. We've taught that many times and we understand that. Do all interpret? No. No. Not all. Not everybody. But he said, desire, earnestly desire the best gifts, and yet I show you a more excellent way. Now, isn't it funny that he didn't ask the question about helping? And he said, help, the helping ministry, the serving ministry, is a calling in the church. And there wasn't a question, does everybody serve? You know why? Because everybody serves. Not a question whether they serve or not. Everybody serves in one form or another. You don't serve, you're not going to fulfill the other things. And not just in the church world, but in every part of your world. Serving is the key that unlocks that because what God needs you and I delivered of, and I've realized that for many years, but from the moment I got saved, I got born again, he needed me delivered of me. He needed me delivered of myself. He needed me delivered of selfishness, set free of having a self-centered lifestyle. He needed me delivered from that. And today, I truly believe that it's his desire in the world that we're living in to be that church, that unselfish church that is willing to sow and to make the body function properly. We're going to see... A lot of people that haven't come back to church since COVID come back to church. We're going to see a lot of people in the days ahead that didn't want anything to do with church want something to do with church. I'm finding tons of people everywhere, everywhere. Not just here in this city, but everywhere I go. People are hungry for truth. They want the truth. You know why? Because the truth will set you free. Like I said when I first started this message tonight... There are some deranged ideas that people have about life and what they're doing to their bodies. They're deranged. Uh, Let me just ask you this. If you don't know whether you are a male or a female... There's something wrong. Now, I mean, I'm not talking about getting all involved in the, all the political part. I'm just talking about just, I mean, not even spiritual sense. Let's just talk common sense. If you don't know whether you're a male or a female, there's something way wrong. That's what I call deranged. There, there's, there's no issues. There's nothing to talk about. You either are a male or you are a female. There's no other question. You can't be half and half. You can't be one thing and then become another thing. 
It just doesn't make sense. But listen to me, and I really mean this. I mean this with all my heart. I've been deranged in my thinking. From where I came from in life, I didn't think those thoughts. But I had some really screwy thinking. And people need help. And we've been called as the church of Jesus Christ to have something that they need. And all of you play a part in that because you have to be part of something that's bigger than you, than just you, to have a real effect. I didn't say you can't have an effect on your job and your family. Yeah, you have an effect because you have the anointing. But we've got to be a part of something bigger. He didn't say he was just building you. He said he was building his church. And his church makes up all of us. All of us here. Anybody that's a part of this place. But all the church in every part of the world. And that church has to be the church the way he wants it to be the church. Amen? And he said in this passage right here, there's no question about helping. Everybody helps. Do all help? He didn't even ask the question. Because all help. Everybody's called to help. Everybody say, I'm a helper because I have the true helper. Amen? So he's called you to help with the true helper helping you to help. He won't do it for you, but he'll help you to know what to do and how to be a helper and do it with a good attitude and help you to understand how important it is for you to help in life in the areas that God wants you to help. I want to be able to transition. I remember Brother Hagen. How many remember Kenneth Hagen? He passed away back probably 2003 or four, somewhere in there. <clears throat> Was a spiritual father of ours. In, in, in the word he taught, we never knew him personally, but he was a spiritual father from the word that he taught us and the seminars we went to and the things that we, how we connected with books and all those kind of things. And, uh, and I remember him saying one time, he said, many people don't make it in life past a certain age because they can't shift gears with the anointing into new things that are happening. I've never forgot that. I made that a part of my confession on a daily basis. I'm a shifter. I'm a shifter. I'm shifting from one period of time to the next period of time. Same anointing. The anointing never changes. It increases. It gets stronger in you the more you believe the Word of God because the anointing on the Word anoints you to be able to do what you need to do. And, and if you've got new changes or new things come up in life, say in the church here, uh, you were called on to serve in a certain area, and, and you didn't know you had the capabilities. A lot of times people think, well, you know, I can't do something like that. Yeah, you can. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. And when new things arise, new opportunities arise, same anointing that was there for you before that will be the same anointing that comes to you in how you do what you do today. Like in serving my father, my natural father, in serving and taking care of him and doing the things that I have to do for him, uh, I've just shifted gears. I've just shifted, and 
you know, you can get tired of, you can get tired or wore out with it or you, your mind starts thinking certain things. No, 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 no. I'm obeying the word and obeying the word will not wear you out. Obeying the word will quicken your mortal body. It will strengthen you and give you power to overcome. Then you've got a testimony how you did something for someone else. Where do you learn how to serve like that? In the church. In the church of Jesus. Can you say amen? 1 Corinthians 4, verse 1 and 2, in the Passion. I think I gave you this verse. Did I give you this verse? 1 Corinthians 4, verse 1 and 2. It says this. So then, you must perceive us not as leaders of factions. <laughs> Man, I like that statement. But as servants of the anointed one. You must not perceive us as leaders of factions, but as servants of the anointed one. Those who have been entrusted, watch this, with God's mysteries. Mm. Mm. The mysteries of God. Christ in you, revealed on the inside of you, is a mystery that people can't figure out because when you get that, you have everything. You can be anointed with God and maybe you don't drive the nicest car or you don't live in the nicest house or you don't live, you're, you're not, you, you, it, the perception in the natural doesn't look like maybe you got it all together. But when you're anointed of God, like he's saying right here, it's like you're a world changer. The other things, if you have desire for whatever, those other things will come. But when you're hungry for that, when you go after what the true riches are, the, the passage we read in Luke 10 just a minute ago, the verse before that said, if you're not faithful with the true riches, how will God entrust you with the natural things? And what are the true riches? The anointing. What is the anointing? It's the empowerment of God on mankind through what the blood of Jesus accomplished, through what the Spirit of God reveals to us, enabling in a, us and empowering us to accomplish things that in the natural you could never accomplish. It's the super getting on your natural and causing supernatural experiences and things to happen in your life that would never happen any other way. And I'm just telling you, and I'm speaking from my own example in my own life, I've learned the anointing through serving. Because I've learned to draw from the anointing to give me answers about things that I wouldn't normally have any other way. He said, here's the requirement. We're servants of the anointed one. Those who have been entrusted with God's mysteries. The most important quality of one entrusted with such secrets is that they're found faithful and trustworthy. And where you learn to be that is serving at every level. That's where you learn how to be faithful and to be counted worthy of being trusted to do what you say you'll do, no matter what. Remember 
what Jesus said in the first passage that we read in Matthew 20. Greatest leaders. How many in here desire to be a leader? Amen? I mean, you know, many of you are leaders already. But the greatest leaders are not the greatest followers. The greatest leaders are the greatest active servants. People that are actively serving, looking for opportunity to serve. Not something that's being forced on them. Not something that they feel like, well, just another thing I got to do. Well, it may start like that, but you can work out of that mentality. God will empower you to work out of that type of mentality. Because most people, I mean, probably half the people that ever are challenged to serve in, in whatever element, you know, that, that they're in or that they're living in, they feel like they're not qualified. Maybe sometimes people are too afraid to serve. Um, <clears throat> but around here, we want to make it easy. Somebody asks you about serving in a certain area and you don't want to do it, nobody's going to chase you down and make you do something. But we will teach, we will teach information like what I'm talking about tonight to challenge you to do something that may be out of your comfort zone because it will connect you to your purpose in life. Yippee-yay. Can you say amen to that? So, back in that, I want to read this, this verse out of Matthew 20 again. And then I want to read a last verse that I have. Um, but in the, back in Matthew 20, where it said, I don't have the verses of Scripture next to what I'm reading, but I think it's probably verse 26, I think, maybe. Can you put 26 up there? Yeah, that's it. It's a good guess. But this is not your calling. You will lead by a completely different model. The greatest one among you will live as one who is called to serve others. Man, I, I, when, when I read that verse like that, I can't help but think about how that people view serving. How that so much of the time in the society we live in, everybody wants to be the big dog. They want, we want to be the leader. We want to, be, we want to own the business. We want to do all of these things. We want to, we want to be you know, out in front of everything that's going on. We don't, we don't want to be serving somebody because if I'm serving someone else's vision... And, 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 and making things, I'm, I'm treating someone else's business that I work for, I'm treating that business like it's my own. And did we not just read? If you can't be faithful with someone else's, he won't, he won't give you yours. You know what I find? I love the stories because I see them all the time. People that didn't really want something, but because they were such great servants, God opened the door for them. And they almost tried to push it away. Had it not been the leading of God telling them to step into something, they wouldn't have stepped into it because they didn't feel like they could do it. 
But they were so ready and prepared. Why? Because they had those two qualities. They were faithful and they were found worthy of trust. They had those two qualities that the devil doesn't have. And people that are all about themselves, they don't have those things because of fear. And the enemy, the enemy causes people to be fear, afraid, thinking that if I spend too much time doing for someone else, then it's going to take away from what God wants me to do. But that's totally backward from Scripture. If we spend more time, I spent eight years serving another man's, two, two other men's visions. And they just kind of shifted from same church, but two different men, two different pastors. And I, I served the eight years, Becky and I served those visions and poured our lives into it. I can remember my wife probably in, in, in about a three, four year period of time, maybe was in two services. She spent all her time in the nursery. All her time in the nursery, in kids' church. Probably longer than that. Probably more than four years. Like in two different places, it was more than that. I mean, very few services that she was ever in because of sowing into that ministry and sowing into those children. And what did it do? Hey, if things aren't right with the children, then the mothers are upset and things aren't going to be right in the church. Got to have faithful people that are willing to do that. Yeah, but you know, I, I don't really want to do that because, you know, I want to sit and hear the word. Well, okay, and that's, that's good for a season. But there comes a time when it's got to become real to you. You've got to want to do it. But you've got to step out and come out of your comfort zone and begin to believe God and teach him. And, and around here, we don't allow people to do things and serve in ministry where they're kept out of service all the time. We don't allow people to do that too early. We don't want people to do that too early because they need the word. So you lead in a different way, not being oppressive, not controlling people, not making them do things, not making them regret wanting to do things. And maybe people do around here, I don't know. But that's not our intention. Because you don't lead like that. You lead by example. You want people to serve with excitement and desire because it connects them to their purpose and plan in life. Everything about the church is about advancing the individual person, always. It's amazing what you can learn through the years. You don't have to raise your hand about this, but how many in here tonight can say that you've learned and, and gained revelation through serving like one layer at a time? Just one layer at a time. Doing something that you enjoyed doing and serving for a season but then doing something that maybe you were asked to do that you really didn't want to do. And, well, you know, that's maybe not my grace gift. But you did it anyway, and you learned things about that that you never knew you could do. Man, I can't tell you how many things. I can remember mowing the, mowing the yard at this one church, and they had a riding lawnmower, and I didn't know how to drive it. <laughs> and it was, it was one of those swivel mowers. <laughs> And I got on that mower, and, man, I tore that yard up. <laughs> I mean, I tore it up. They probably thought, man, we don't want that guy serving in that area right there, you know. I mean, I tore it up. <laughs> but you know what I did? I learned how to drive the thing. You know what I'm talking about, about those certain kind of mower? I mean, you know, you just got to, it's like, 
you know, you've got to, uh, or at least in the day that I was driving it, you know, your, your foot had to press in over here, but it was backwards from a car, like a standard shift, and it was backwards, or, or, or one of them was on, on a handle, and, and so your foot goes down, and the handle goes this way, and then you do it backwards time and time again, and you've, like, mowed over half the, you know, flowers and all kinds of stuff, you know, it was, it was horrible, I mean, I can remember that, but I learned how to do it, and I was good at it, and now, Corey, one day, I'll mow out here. <clears throat> but that wasn't, that's, I mean, I, I didn't even like mowing. I didn't like mowing my own yard. But I mowed. And today I love mowing. I don't let anybody mow my yard because I like mowing. But where did I learn that? In the church. The church taught me that. How to be unselfish, do something because there was a need. There was nobody to mow the yard at the time there or anybody that volunteered to do it. And I said, well, I can, I can do it. And I did it. For, I don't know, maybe a year or two, I did it. And then someone else stepped up and took over that. But what I learned, man, what I learned on that mower, driving around on that mower and mowing the churchyard and praying in other tongues and God giving me revelation as I was sowing and mowing the yard. And I never even thought about it. I never thought that I was actually even advancing the kingdom of God by making sure that the yard looked good. Because if the yard didn't look good and people drove up and they saw it, you know, they wouldn't think that we were serious about what we were doing. But I didn't even realize that's what I was doing until later on. But I learned some things about investing into the kingdom of God and advancing the kingdom of God, and it needed my parts all along the way. God wants your and my parts to be connected to what we call the house, the church, which is his body in the earth, and that's you and I, amen. And everywhere the body is, everywhere that the people are tonight, this is the church, because the church is here. But when we leave here, it's a building, and it's where the church meets, but we're the church. But we want this building that the church meets in to be nice and good and the grounds and everything and everything to get better and, and people to have opportunities to serve and advance and be a part of what God is doing in the earth. And it's all centered around the word of God being preached. Our mission statement at Gates of the City is to love God and people and to disciple people through the power of God's word. It's always been that way and it'll always be that. We'll never get away from that. There'll be changes and adjustments through the years, but we'll never get away from discipling the lives of people. And you learning to serve and be a part of that in a greater way in your life today. Many of you that are right here, you serve in the body, have for many years. But God wants you to do it in a greater way, with a greater attitude, with greater revelation, because it connects you to what you were put here for. Can you say amen tonight? Father, I thank you dearly for giving me revelation, the examples that you've shown me through the years of my own life, so deeply thankful and appreciative for the revelation that you've given me. And tonight, Lord, I thank you for every person in the house. Every single person in the house has been created to help. There's no question whether do all help or not, no, because all, all are helpers. 
We're true helpers because there's a real helper, the Holy Spirit, that empowers us to help and to sow and to serve, to advance your kingdom so that we can be the greatest leaders on planet Earth, the greatest leaders on planet Earth, the greatest leaders, leading people. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I heard Joyce Meyer say one time, she said, everybody's called to lead somebody, even if it's you called to lead and your dog down the street. Everybody's called to lead. And you have leadership qualities and abilities in you that God put in you. And he wants you to lead every day. There, there's, you, there, there's times when you'll lead just a person that you come in contact with. Later this year, we're going to do some evangelism sessions, maybe, maybe not even on a Wednesday night or maybe at different nights or whatever, but we're going to talk about evangelism, about people's lives. And evangelism is such a natural thing that God created for you to do and to evangelize human beings. But he's called you to lead them, to lead individuals. This morning I was in, I was in New Mexico early this morning. And I was with my brother and we were at my dad's house taking care of my dad, doing some things for my dad. And we'd gone to this restaurant to eat breakfast and... Uh, a guy walked up, um, and he was coming in the place to get food to take to a... He, he sold medical equipment, and he was taking food to people that he was uh, speaking to and trying to sell medical equipment to. And um, he just asked. He said, what, what are you here for? He said, do you live here in town? I said, no, we're, I was raised here, but I, I don't live here. And he said, what, what are you here for? And, I, and we told him about our dad. So this guy goes into this, you know, we're... We're, he, he just sat down at our table. We were fixing to eat, and he just sat down at our table. And he began to tell us how his whole life has changed over the last five years trying to take care of his parents and, and how stressful it had been in his life. <laughs> and boy, he came to the right guys because hmm? we got the goods. So what, was I, what were we created to do for somebody like that to just, you know, Say, well, you know, poor guy, and just agree with him, and you poor thing, or to lead him. I'm called to lead. You know, it took away from some of our time. My, my brother and I, we don't see each other very much. Took away from some of our time. But God can trust me. So he'll send me a guy that needed that. The guy just needed it. He, he just, you know, it was maybe 20 minutes of something. Man, he walked out of there with tears in his eyes with like some hope that it was okay that he had to take care of his parents and that it, it had taken his time and he was concerned about his kids and his wife and all this kind of stuff like they were, they were a hindrance to them. And I just shared with him. And, and he had a little bit of revelation of God, but very little. And I just shared with him. The more you do for your parents, the more time you'll have for your, your, the rest of your family. You know what that guy said? You really think so? I know so. 
I know. Nobody ever taught me how to do that. Nobody ever taught me to think about other people. I was always just about myself. The church taught me that. Serving taught me that. Wow. I mean, I feel like I have a dozen stories every day of my life because God can trust me. And I gotta, I gotta watch it. You can't be overtaken with stuff all the time. But it's required of us, of a faith, of, of a steward, that he be found faithful and trustworthy. Because God needs us. And where you learn to be that kind of a person is learning how to serve. Don't think for a second God has any problems with advancing your life. When you put your life in his hands, he'll advance it. And there'll never be an issue, ever. It may look like there is. It may look like it's taking longer than it should. God's never a day late nor a dollar short, ever. Problem is, we get too involved in it trying to make things happen. Amen. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, we invite you to share it with someone in your life. We would love for you to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. You can also download our app and stay connected to Gates and access to the Word of God anytime you need it. We are believing that the seed of today's Word is going deep in your heart and that you always remember God is more than enough in every situation of your life.